Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Everybody, it's Felicia, and I am not going to start us off with a high five or face palm today because we just have a full episode of high fives and delight for you all. We recently listened to uh, Glennon Doyle's podcast, which is called "We Can Do Hard Things," and she she also is on the podcast with Abby, her wife, and Amanda, her sister, and it's super fun. They have a really cute dynamic, and they did an episode recently on how to start a daily practice of delight. And they interviewed Ross Gay, who wrote a book called The Book of Delights. So just so much fun and joy in these couple episodes and in his book, which is a collection of little essayettes, he calls them, of delights. So for a year, every single day, he wrote an essay about something that delighted him. And when we listened to this episode, we just thought, what a perfect thing to remember. And especially, I mean, for anyone and in any part of your life, but especially when you have small kids, when it can start to feel either really mundane or really hard or repetitive, all of those things can build in your mind frustrating. You can feel like you're not doing anything right. And We just thought that delight is a really cool practice to bring into parenting. So this episode, we are going to share some delights that we have uh, recognized in our life recently and also share ways to cultivate delight. And so we first just want to start out with how you, how Caitlin and Terlin, you recognize delight in your body. So when you feel delight, what does it feel like? And I'll share for me, um, when I realize that I'm having a delightful moment, it is usually that other things, stresses, worries, to-do lists, anything like that, drop out and I'm able to be super present. And that is one of the main reasons that I thought this would be really fun to talk about because one of our parenting pillars is presence. And I think that being present is obviously so important for our life, but when it comes to, to parenting, it's really hard to be present with our kids when they're telling us about the Lego or the bug they found, or say like a problem with their friend. And I think delight can help us cultivate. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think delight like being aware and practicing recognizing delights can totally be a way that we can really cultivate more presence in our life. So I love this, that it's just, it's like one way that we can really like increase this, like being present as a superpower. So yeah, when I was thinking about how I feel delight, um, I think, cause I was kind of like thinking back to when I have felt delighted. And I think it's usually, it feels like somewhere in my heart, chest area, and it just is like a really warm 
Content feeling is probably what I think is what I, how I would describe it, but it's just like a warm contentment. And it's what you're saying where it's like, I don't feel like I need to be anywhere else. I don't, I'm not thinking of other things I need to be doing. It is just like, mm, like maybe that's what, that's what I'd say. Mm, it's just like, this feels good. So I would say I like feel it in my heart and it feels like really nice and warm and just like a very content at peace feeling. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm so happy you said the word because mm, I don't know if you guys know this, but mm, is one of my favorite words because it just comes when you're feeling a moment, like when something tastes good, or when something feels good or anything like that. Like I actually say in my either out loud or to myself. Mm. So I'm so happy that you said that because that's totally one of the things that to me is trick, like a sign that I'm feeling delight is. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that, that was actually something I was going to say too, how it feels for me though. It feels starts at the top of my heart and it feels like it's rising up out up my throat. And this is going to sound weird, but it sounds like it's like bubbling light out of my face. That's how delight feels for me. Like, that sounds really gruesome, actually kind of violent, but, but it feels good. It's like this, like little, like, like bubbling up. And then the cool thing is if I sink into delight. So, you know, I've been trying to notice as we've been preparing for this episode, been trying to pay attention to what it is when it feels like that inside of me yeah i think the word mm, i feel a little like light in my heart it goes up bubbles upwards and then this is what's really cool guys when i can recognize that i am having a moment of delight because it's one of those cool situations of when you feel when you look for something when you're looking for delight when you start a delight practice like we have been trying to do you just start seeing it everywhere and you start really noticing when you feel that and then for me so this is, the ma this is where the magic really happens and that is when you, um, if I can sink into that feeling, then what happens on a really cool experience of delight is I actually start, it's like a buzzing that goes all the way through my chest. So I feel that little like bubbling up feeling. And then if I actually like take a breath and lean into it, it spreads over my whole chest and I can like feel my skin buzzing. I usually can't get the buzzing to like it takes focus to get it to spread everywhere else. So usually it's just in my chest, my shoulders and like my biceps, like that outer surface is where I feel it. But mm, that's where I feel mm. it. And I love it. This is just making me, do you guys have specific times when you find it really hard to find delight? Because I've had times in my life where things should be delighting me. <laughs> like, Things are happening that I can cognitively know should be delightful. And I really physically or mentally or spiritually, maybe it's all of those, am having a hard time find like letting them delight me. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm wondering, I'm trying to think of like, is there a pattern and also are there ways to kind of break that? And I, you know, I think at a deeper, like a more extreme level, that's depression. Totally. you know yeah, mental health. And, yeah and like we all have stages where we are feeling a little more depressed and that could just be that could be it and then we have practices that we can share but what do you guys think yeah for me that apathy feeling that you just talked about when I felt that for long periods of time that's a sign to me that my mental health is struggling so I take measures and treat it like it's depression right you know like actually like my mental health is down. I'm feeling that apathetic feeling. But for me on a daily basis, it's harder for me to feel delight when I'm one, rushed, 
too tired, exhausted in any way. Those are like my two that came right to my mind when you said that. Those two things squashed alike. Because like I'm going to take in the time to breathe in and feel that sensation in myself if I'm in a rush or right. when I'm really exhausted because that brings that apathy to me. So those two things to me are joy, delight, squampers. That's mm. not even a word, but you know what I'm saying. I like it. Squampers. Um, well, I was also thinking too, and so yeah, I think that those are on a deeper level. And so if we can work preventatively, like it's like, yeah, is there a way that you can – the word that I think is like undeplete your depletion. Like if there's a way to do that, like proactively, can you? Self-care. It's self-care. That's you what can do it. I think, yeah, because I think you're right. You nailed it. It's like, it's going to be hard to really sink into delight if some of those basic needs of like sleep, exhaustion, those kinds of things aren't being met. So I do agree with that. I was also thinking sometimes, I don't know if you guys get this way, but I'm, I've mentioned this before. I think sometimes I tend to maybe get a little bit, I like take myself a little too seriously sometimes. And I know I do. Like, I think it's a tendency of mine and especially, yeah, I think maybe it comes back to like feeling stressed if it's like, oh man, I need to do a bunch of things. And then, so then I just am too focused on getting too many things done. And so then I, I think something that helps me is just realizing that I am taking myself a little too seriously. Like, so if I can, either like laugh about something. And I think what we just said here of like going around and seeing how we all feel delight, it does also like it helps to see other people delighted. So like if I'm in a situation where it's like someone else is also finding this like really cute or hilarious or delightful, it like helps me almost take it out of like, that is hilarious and delightful. Like it helps me take myself out of my seriousness. So I don't know. That's something that like if I can catch myself from taking myself too seriously, that helps me. I don't know. I'm laughing because <laughs> you're talking to a person who takes everything the most seriously ever. <laughs> like, does anybody feel this? And I'm sitting here. I had to actually make my shirt in a really funny way so I could pretend that I don't take stuff seriously, but I have that problem for sure. <laughs> I take stuff way too seriously. And it's, it's funny because then I'll be around people who don't and they can make stuff so silly and fun. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I really need to get some more jokes up my sleeve. <laughs> you know, let loose. This is just bringing me so much delight because, yeah, Caitlin is sitting here. We're on video so we can see each other. She <laughs> is talking about taking herself too seriously. And I look over Felicia. She has a butterfly pink clip that she's clipping onto her collar and then popping it up like she's a vampire <laughs> as she's pondering how she takes herself too seriously. <laughs> so, therefore, I popped my collar, but it's not quite as dramatic. And it's just making me, bringing me lots and lots of delight. So honestly, I don't know what's happening, but I'm loving it right now. I started out from trying to hide my face when Caitlin was serving who takes their life too seriously. <laughs> That's, that would be me. Okay. I am, sometimes I'm texting these ladies about podcast details and I'm just thinking to myself, they, no one cares. You're, te you're too serious, but I can't stop caring. <laughs> I love that about you. I love it so much. It brings me delight. And I appreciate everything about that about you. Oh, man. Okay. I, I'm i going to share a quote about delight that I love. Um, it's by Julia Cameron, who she's an author, but she wrote The Artist's Way, which is a book I love about uh, reigniting your creativity. It's a little long, so bear with me, but it's good. So she says, 
I don't know how she stands it, my mother would say, furious with my grandfather for some new misadventures. She meant she didn't know why. The truth is, we all knew how she stood it. She stood it by standing knee-deep in the flow of life and paying close attention. My grandmother was gone before I learned the lesson her letters were teaching. So just a side note, Julia's grandmother would write them letters, you know, because people used to write letters. Okay. <laughs> Survival lies in sanity and sanity lies in paying attention. So a note to presence. Yes, her letter said, dad's cough is getting worse. We have lost the house. There is no money and no work, but the tiger lilies are blooming. The lizard has found that spot of sun. The roses are holding despite the heat. My grandmother knew what a painful life had taught her. Success or failure, the truth of a life really has little to do with its quality. The quality of life is in proportion always to the capacity for delight. The capacity for delight is the gift of paying attention. Mm. Mm. gave me the chills and when I heard that in her in her book I was just yes I mean we talk about presence so much but just how she distilled that the quality of our life is in proportion always to our capacity for delight Mm -hmm. our capacity for delight is the gift of paying attention and in all the stories I hear of people talking about things that delighted them, they're always tiny. They're never their huge job promotion or this huge, like just expensive trip they went on or something. They're always these tiny little wisps of things that happen in the day. And we would never notice them unless we're trying to notice them. Yeah. Paying attention. The gift. I love how she phrases it, the gift of paying attention because it is a gift. And what's cool is that we all can cultivate that gift. I love that. Right. Yeah. So... I'm going to share um, a delight. I have a couple delights, but okay, I have one. So I, a place that's really hard for me to get to is like in the playing mode with my kids. I take myself too seriously <laughs> and I have a hard time just playing like true kid playing. So this last weekend, my husband was out of town and Terilyn had taken my two older boys boating with them. So I just had my two little kids. And a lot of times when I just have the the small kids, I start to get like a little antsy feeling because I'm like, what are we going to do? And what are they going to want to do that I'm also going to want to do? That's not a movie. It starts to, I don't know if any of you feel that, but like the little kid just playing with toddlers starts to feel like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, and, and to put a side note, my kids are also are really happy. Just like we got to run to the store. We got to do this kind of errands. And so it's, I think it's really easy to fill little kid time with just getting stuff done. So I was purposely trying to say, we're going to have a little kid enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided I'm just going to follow their attention for the couple hours we have on Friday night. And so that started out with the tickle war. And it was hilarious because they could not get enough. Like they did not want me to stop tickling them. And I I mean, it was so much delight. I was (laughs) seriously laughing hysterically at their like, stop, wait more, more, stop. (laughs) And then we went to jumping on the tramp and they set up, you know, you've all done that. Everybody sits on the side and we do a show. Mm-hmm. And 
they would turn on. So Wes is really into the Anna and Elsa, the Frozen songs right now. And she's just doing this big dramatic Anna and Elsa dance. And it was seriously adorable. It was so cute. And then we, we swung, that sounded weird in my mind, swung in our tree, in our tree swing for a little bit. Uh, We just reveled over these jokes on popsicle sticks, which it was hilarious because pretty much I don't read the jokes on popsicle sticks, but they wanted to read them. And I didn't even know there was jokes on popsicle sticks. Oh yeah. You got to get, this is a whole new world. I think probably only some, but the ones that we get had. Okay. And so the joke was, what does a man eat if he forgets his picnic when he goes to the beach? Well, the answer was sandwich, obviously. And my five-year-old got in his head that it was a sandwich. <laughs> like oh. a Halloween <laughs> But couldn't understand. I said so many times, no, a sandwich, but with sand. And he was stuck on sandwich. So much nightmares about sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I still I could I didn't know any way to explain the sand sandwich sand, it was like so we got really deep in that for a while <laughs> and there were just so I mean it goes on but it was just so delightful <laughs> to I it was really an act of surrender that's what it was to just be like whatever the four five-year-old and the three-year-old want to do that's what we're going to do. We're not worrying about the next move or how this kid's struggling with reading and we have to back into the right bedtime. We just went with the flow and it was, it was really sweet. And it was like very, I guess it made me realize how much I really don't do that, especially with the younger two and just made me recommit more to that feeling with them it was oh I love that can I I have a couple of thoughts and questions about this because you said something like because kind of what it sounds like you did was you kind of like stripped away all your expectations for what either you quote unquote should be doing or whatever and it was just like I'm just gonna let this I'm just gonna let this occur and be present in it And I've heard, I feel like I've heard that same sentiment multiple times. Like I've heard people say when they have sick kids, it's like all of our expectations go out the window and it's just like, I'm just going to be here with my sick kids. And it's almost like it was so delightful because that I wasn't focused on getting a million other things done. My focus was I'm going to be here and just be present. And even though like having sick kids in itself isn't fun, it's almost like by stripping away all the expectation, Mm -hmm. you like allow yourself to just be there And so it's interesting because then I think my line is – because then it's like, oh, yeah, like I feel like when we can be in that space where it's like, okay, I'm not in a space where I have all these expectations of what needs to be done, when, 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 then I – it is so easy to be so delighted. So then I guess my question is like, but we can't always live our lives with like without things that need to be done and without – yeah, expectations of some kind. So it's like how do you – how do you almost find that balance of – managing like living life with with like uh things that you need to get done and expectations that need need to happen and still like 
leave room to be delighted and be present. Like, I think you can do both, but I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? You know, uh, oh. <laughs> you go. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, as I was thinking of practices that could help people with finding more delight, one of them is that I wrote down, you know, it was like, write down all your to-dos. Mm-hmm. So it's like releasing off your mind, but still to your point, just because you write, you know, I write down my to-dos, but I still haven't done them right. yet. So they're still in there. Right. You know? And that's a lot of the times what hinders me from having those super present experiences. And if the only thing that helps me and then it stops helping me, I have to remember again is there's always tomorrow and there's all more, to, always more to do and it's never going to end, which s- sounds a little like <laughs> nihilistic, like <laughs> It never ends, so. <laughs> and then we like, die. <laughs> then we die. But I mean it more like joy Like joy is right now, and that's the only place that it is. And if you're just going to keep putting it off, you're just never going to experience it. Yeah. And I say that being the person who really, I really do. Well, once I get all of this done, uh-huh. then, then the day's over. Right. And your kids are like 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then we die. Yep. And then um, you die. <laughs> that's hard because I feel like I'm on the opposite spectrum. I put off getting things done because I'm distracted by a bee. And I don't know if that's the right answer either. So really, <laughs> I think you have two great people here that haven't figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. Well, when I do think about it, it's like, can we? <laughs> I mean, maybe this doesn't sound as novel as what I'm going to say, but it's like, can we also find the delights in those like expectation moments too? And I think again, it's like cultivating it, right? Like being able to cultivate the delights even when you are maybe getting ready to get out the door. I don't know. So, but I think it maybe takes practice and paying the gift of paying attention, like paying attention to those things you're doing, I think. But I do, I do just want to say, I love, I feel like, so my delights when I was thinking about it, (laughs) like so many of them involve my kids and I was I think the reason why is because, man, kids are like superstars of delight. Like they just. Yeah. Like drive a delight in you. <laughs> They'll deliver you right there if you just hop Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are just yeah. delight little like, yeah, superstars that are like roaming, orbiting our lives, which is so fun because it's like literally they just find true deep delight and just about everything they encounter, which is so delightful. Like, so by what I said before, it's like by me watching them and their delight, I feel delighted. <laughs> like, I just, I love it. So a couple of my things, I named a few, but because when I, when I had actually listened to this podcast, when they interviewed um, Glennon and her sister and Abby, when they interviewed Ross Gay, I was thinking like, it really did get me excited because I was like, okay, man, I'm going to like write, I really, I'm going to write down some of my delight. So what I loved about this was, like some of them really were just these simple things of like watching my kids finding bugs. Like they could do that in my backyard for forever, both Will and Emmett. And like Will, because he can say a few words, like when he sees a roly poly, he says it's so cute. He'll say it. How does he say it? It's like, I can't even repeat it, but it's roly poly, but he doesn't quite say the L and it's so cute. And he'll point to him and be like, big, big because it's gonna hear as here's Emmett say different things and Emmett will be talking to him about a different bug that he found and then 
I heard him today talking about a spider that they found. Anyway, it's just so cute because it's like so simple. I don't even look at bugs when I'm gardening. Like it's like unless it's a spider and then I'm either trying to like get it away from me or me get away from it. But like they love it. They just find so much delight in it. So I love that. Like another one was um, just or like when they'll hear a bird or a plane, especially Will. So he's not quite too. It's like he'll stop what he's doing and he hears the plane. And I'm so used like I get so used to hearing planes that I don't think about it. But like he stops what he's doing and he'll like look up and his little chubby finger will like point up and he'll like follow it all the way until it's gone. And you can tell he's just so entranced by a plane, which like how often do we not even pay attention to the plane? But like I love the little chubby fingers pointing at stuff. I love the big eyes and like the, the explanations of like, big or like airplane or whatever it is. I find so much delight in that. And then, and even just like, I love it because I, I Felicia, I remember um, Cohen was so big into to diggers and excavators when he was probably about my kid's age now. And I thought that was so cute then, like the couple times when I would watch him, like he would love when we saw diggers or anything. But it's so cute because now with my kids, like if we're driving or anything and they see one, like they'll point it out. And I love it because now even when I'm not with them, I'm like, oh, there's a digger. Like, how cool is that? Like that thing can dig dirt and dump it really strong. It's really cool. So anyway, I just love that. Like there's those things where it's like it really is just like this simple and like tub time. Like I feel like they could spend so much time in the tub just like feeling their fingers through the water, like dumping the water. Like they'll do that over and over and over and over again. And it like never seems to get old. Like the, you can tell that the feeling of being in water and like watching them like run their fingers through it is so delightful to them. And you can tell that it is. And it makes me think like, do I do that when I get in the tub? Like, am I really paying attention to like how it feels in my body? And I think that I do sometimes, but they are really good examples of that. So when I was thinking about it, those were some of my delights that I was like, I I am delighted by that. And what I have also loved is as I've written it down, I don't feel like, because in my journal daily, I'll write down what my delight was from the day before. And I do feel like there's something to when you're paying attention and when you're looking for delights, you see them more. Like it's not just simply that they occur more, though I actually think there's something to that. Like you really do, you just see them more they're always happening, but it's like being aware. It's the gift of paying attention. So I think I've loved doing that since we've listened to it. And since I knew we were going to do this episode, it's been a fun practice that I've taken into my journaling is just writing down a delight that I saw the day before. And I think it's helped me then see more delights. It's like they're everywhere. So I love that. Mm. There's a Uh, word. Are you thinking of that same word? Well, I can't think of it. It's in neuroscience and it's literally like when you want to get a new car and you're looking for a red Yes. Toyota, then you see red Toyotas. It's not because there's more red Toyotas, it's just because you're looking for them. There's an actual word for that, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, it reminds me, if you think of the word, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I wrote down this quote from Maria Popova. She's uh, She has a website called Brain Pickings. But so she says, what emerges, like when you're looking for delights, is not a ledger of delights passably logged, but this is the part that reminded me of what you said, but a radiant lens actively searching for and magnifying delight. Mm. So this part, not just with the mind, but mm. with the body as an instrument of wonder stricken presence, which is that's kids. They are mm. struck by the wonder of the world mm-hmm. in every situation. 
And mm-hmm. we've kind of become a little numb to our senses. Like we're up in our minds. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's a really cool, like how can we create that lens with our senses of feeling and finding those delights like kids yeah do. and i love that it's not just with our eyes though that's beautiful it's like experiencing it with all the senses it's like so wonderful Terilyn, i love this this is actually like a <clears throat> a fun topic Terilyn, years ago i remember you saying when you eat food to smell it it's like a free i don't remember what you call it but it's like a free gift and like a lot of times like so much of our taste comes from our smell. And so now I feel like that has become a habit of me. Is like, I'm going to make sure I smell my food before I eat it. And it's true. It's like a delight added to like, I love tasting food, but when you smell it before, it's like, it totally adds like a whole new dimension. And when you're paying attention, it like adds this dimension of presence to a delightful meal. So anyway, I love that. That was like a nice tip that I feel like I've incorporated and I've loved it. It's easy, costs nothing. And it's so good. And it's a great way to teach your kids healthy eating habits because if they're smelling their food before they eat it, they're going to be present with it while they eat it. So Yes, that's true. I love it. You're opening yourself up to the delight of eating when you take time to smell your food. I love that concept of looking at the world through a new lens. Like when you're talking about how Will looks up at the sky to see a, pl- to see a plane. If you, ever, if you have ever been around somebody from a foreign country that is not as developed as ours, it is fascinating to see how they see just our everyday experience. And if you look at it through that lens, which all it takes is taking a day of what would this be if this is the first time I'd ever been here and just food on the shelves in our grocery stores become this amazing awestruck wonder moment, mm-hmm. right? The mountains that I live by every day in my life, when I look at them, it actually just like last week, actually, I looked at them and I thought if I had never seen these before, these would be them. And they, I think they're still beautiful, but I have to actually think if this, if these were new to me, these would be absolutely awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I can just by thinking that, I can make them that for myself, right? So that I actually think is just a really fun hack for finding delight. Can I look at everything? Can I spend a day looking around seeing what, if this was new to me, how would I feel about it? Those irises in my garden that smell so amazing. If I had never smelled that before, this would be blowing my mind mm-hmm. right now, you know? So I, I think that's a fun little little hack to find delight. So can I love those. Those are so fun. So I have a few just little fun delights as I've been trying to pay attention to delights. Like Felicia was saying, they are, mine are small. They're just these little tiny things that have made me laugh out loud. And then I am almost delighted that I'm so delighted by them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to start naming them. These are things that in the past week, since we've, as I've been preparing for this episode, this little things have stuck out to me. One, and it's interesting when I'm looking for delight, some of the things that used to not be happy for me are now delights. So mm-hmm. one, Bulbasaur. If anybody knows anything about Pokemon, which I have not known anything about Pokemon until literally a month ago, but my sons have gotten into Pokemon cards. And so I am hearing lots about Pokemon, right? They're like earning money around the house. They can buy Pokemon stuff. It's it's a whole new world for me. I have never in my life been into Pokemon. But there's this one little Pokemon called Bulbasaur, and he's so cute, and he's chubby, and he's little. And Parker, my son, gave me a little figurine Bulbasaur to keep safe for like a couple hours and I put him on the dashboard of my car guys and his little butt this little <laughs> Bulbasaur butt was staring at me from the dashboard because I, I want him to look outside because I figured he want to look forward as we drove right and I'm not kidding you guys I was laughing out loud at the adorableness of this Bulbasaur butt like I was like this is the cutest thing I've ever seen and it reminds me of my son so guys, I bought myself a Bulbasaur and I'm putting him in my car with a magnet so that he can always be on my dashboard because he brought me like a disproportionate amount of joy, just like a little round butt 
looking out the window. I don't know why it made me so happy, but it did. And I was full blown like laughing every time I got in the car. So one, Bulbasaur. Yes. Also Bulbasaur. Two. I was. What a good name. I love the word Bulbasaur. Yeah, it's like a little like chubby frog lizard with a bulb on the top of him that grows into a plant as he evolves. <laughs> anyway, that's all I know. Like, Don't Wes's nickname should be Bulbasaur. What? Her Wes's nickname should be Bulbasaur. <laughs> Her <laughs> butt and legs are Bulbasaur. <laughs> so cute. And so cute. Like you just so so cute. This is so squeezer. Okay. So second, delight. And all these things require stopping, like, and like appreciating them, right? I was trotting along the sidewalk, and all of a sudden, I heard bees buzzing everywhere. And I had just read something about how, oh, yeah, I just, I've been looking into this thing called mythopoetics. It's like this study of mythology, you know, just in my side time philosophy. And um, this guy was talking about how bees, there's like this humming of bees that is really good for the vibrations inside of your body. This really have this really healing vibration. So I'm trotting along. All of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed by the sound of bees, which normally could scare you, right? But I just been got done listening to this thing about how bees sound is healing. So I start looking around for the source of this bee sound, and there are these little lamb's ear plants. Which, if you've ever felt lamb's ear plant, they're amazing. They're like the softest. Picture like a puppy when puppies are first born. If you've ever felt their little ears, like it's like little velvet squishes. That's the feel of lamb's ear plant. There were these bees everywhere in the lamb's ear. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, There's bees everywhere. So I like, I literally put all my stuff down. I kneeled down by these lamb's ear and I start feeling the lamb's ear with my fingers and the bees are buzzing around me and I felt like I was transported into another world. Like I seriously was like, this is so much joy bubbling up inside of me. And as before, as I was talking, I let it like sink in. My whole body was like vibrating, just feeling these lambs ears and hearing the bees around me. It was so, oh, it was so fabulous. So that's one little delight that was, the fun thing about delights is they're really, most of them are, most of them don't cost any money. They're just, right. yeah. just paying attention. To them, right? Yeah. So that's a fun little one. Another one, Beatrix Potter books. When I was a little girl, I loved them. And I liked the old ones because the old, I don't know what year it was, but before a certain amount, a certain year, they put this, it's like a clay um, film on the outside of the pages that make them really silky. Mm. And when I went to England, I bought some old Beatrix Potter books. And last night as I was reading The Tale of Jemima Puddleduck to my sons before bed, I had them feel the pages. So we're sitting there in bed and we're like stroking these pages of this book, feeling how soft they were. Cause when I was a little girl, I loved them because of the pages. Like I would just sit there and I just feel the pages. So we're feeling these pages. And then this is where it became even more magical. Both my boys had their faces up next to mine and I could feel the little softness of their cheeks, like pushing up against my cheeks as we were feeling the softness of this page. And I thought to myself, this is like the best, most delightful, soft page of a book squishy little cheeks like my cheeks are not soft like that mine are like all bumpy and you know little. <laughs> but there's just these like little velvet round cheeks just pushing up against my cheeks and I was just so delightful mm. like full-blown just so delight and it'd be easy just to pass by those little cheeks but you know what I'm gonna the thought came to my mind how often do I get to have this feeling I'm just gonna soak it in mm-hmm. right so that's another fun little <laughs> delight I like cannot be beat. yeah it's why are their cheeks so soft? Their cheeks. Oh, I know. And brand new babies. If anybody has brand new babies in their likes in their life, do yourself a favor. Stick your cheek up against their cheek and get a little 
do a little lean in. Wow, that's magical. Oh, I know. And like when you think about it, how often do you like other than with kids and babies? I mean, I guess you can do it with your partner too, but other than with babies, you don't really just like go up against people's cheeks. But like with kids and babies, it's totally fine, and they they love it, and you love it. It's just the best. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Bearded and adult cheeks. Yeah. Adult cheeks are just on. They're not quite as, yeah, so. as silky. It's true. <laughs> anyway, that was a little joy. Another little joy. And this is an example of when you're looking for delight, stuff that usually bothers you turns into delight. And that is rocks in pockets. My sons put ton- so many rocks in their pockets, like a ridiculous amount of rocks in their pockets. And as I was looking for delight these past few days, I emptied out an entire two pocketfuls in the washer of rocks. And as I pulled them out, I was like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> like, there's just rocks everywhere. Rocks. Like, what about these rocks caught their attention in a way that they thought, I must keep this and then forget about it promptly. <laughs> like, what? What about that? I mean, there's just something about that that's just so delightful. I love this so much. I must have it for myself. And then I don't care because I forgot about it. You know, like, I don't know. It's just really joyful. So I have a fiddle leaf fig tree in my house. Mm-hmm. And I I probably find three to five piles of random piles of rocks most days, like <laughs> in the side of my car, in pockets, in backpack, whatever. And I just started putting them in there to like over the dirt Mm. And it's so many. When you see how, when you see how many they collect in a day, it is <laughs> impressive to say. It is impressive. Like little baby pocket <laughs> And it is so cute because like, how many times do we just pass by rocks? And it is darling that they, yes, they have chosen those rocks and have have chosen to keep them for some reason. So I love that. That's adorable. And then my last, just two, just small little delights. These are, it's as kids grow up, which is, this is kind of like kind of sad, but if you're thinking about it from a July standpoint, it is so fun. Um, one is my daughters are getting old enough that they go on adventures for their mountain bikes. And I just found this so, you know, actually I'm only until the one because this one's fun and it's smaller. It's a little easier. And that is teenager hugs. I have started, I've told you guys before with face palms that sometimes teenage hugs make me sad because they leave me wanting because they do these weird side hugs. Well, lately I've been just pulling my two teenagers into me, like facing them towards me when they give a hug. And they do this weird, both of them now, they put their hands, their arms down to the side. You can tell they want a hug, but they don't want to seem enthusiastic about it. They turn their face to the side and just like lean into me like a dead fish. (laughs) But then they don't pull away. Like they're liking it, but they don't want to show they're liking it. So I just started squishing them. Just like I squeeze them in, I hold them until they start pulling away. And sometimes they just lean in. Like they're loving it, but they're not showing that they're loving it. Yeah. And there's something about that that lately, just again, when you choose to look for delight, I'm like full blown just start laughing because I'm in my head, in my heart. I'm not laughing out loud. <laughs> but like it's like this. This is so funny to me that you want the physical affection, but you're also doing this funny, like, dead fish, like, I'll lean into you, but don't think I'm going to, like, show you that I'm into this. It's so cute and adorable, and I'm just choosing to find delight in it. So it's amazing. I guess the moral of the story is even things that used to kind of – I was like, that's a lame hug. Now I'm like, this is delightful that you're – this is hilarious that you're doing a hug like this. But That is so cute. I love that. Um, So – it's interesting because all the 
all of the delights again are just like these little baby really what would seem as like whatever on a day-to-day basis but you guys i found so many cool little quotes on delight so i'm trying to sneak them in so shame unabashedly thinking all the quotes but you have to hear this one because it reminds me exactly of that so and going back to and then we die so the quote is we all die (laughs) delight is being here not a feeling or, or an accomplishment it is entering and adjoining with the terrible which is a really interesting part so when i was thinking about practices for increasing our delight the first thing that came to my mind was we can't know delight or joy unless we allow for the pain and the other side of our emotions so mm. then he goes on to say um i dreamt a few years back that i was in a supermarket checking out when i had the stark and luminous and devastating realization in a very clear way that oh yeah my life's gonna end I wept in the line watching people go by with carts, with babies, watching the cashier move items over the scanner, feeling such an absolute love for this life. And the mundane fact of buying groceries with other people who I don't know and would soon be no more, as would I. And it's anonymous, but I just thought, what a just like stark example of something we do every day in our life. And we think nothing of how really amazing our life is Mm -hmm. and how again yeah it's all it's all right here in these little moments I thought that was a really cool yeah way to think of delight and I have to say because I think along with that like there have been since I've really been making this more of a purposeful practice I've realized there's certain times during my day that can create a little more stress and strife in me And one of them is actually, uh, so recently I got rid of the binky with my two-year-old now, or he's not quite two. He's like 22 months. And it was a really stressful occurrence for me. And so then sometimes laying him down for a nap sometimes would stress me out because before he would just like snuggle right in and he was always really excited. But then since the binky has not been there, it has turned into like a little bit more of a, like, I'm like, please just go to sleep. Like you're going to be okay. And I don't know, but it's hard because there's like a change there. So, and I've noticed myself like I've felt some feelings of strife in me. Like I'm like, I get really nervous. And even when I come down with Emmett, like if I can hear Will awake, even if he's not like crying, if I can hear him awake, it worries me because I'm like, oh, what if he doesn't go to sleep? And like, he was such a good napper before. And so I start to like, almost like spiral, like over this thing. And so even if I'm going to be with Emmett, I'm like going to read books and do all this stuff. I can like feel in my heart that I'm tense. Like I'm tense inside. And I thought about this, like I'm like, There is literally nothing I can do. Like, I cannot force him to sleep. Like, this is not in my control. And so it's interesting because after actually listening to this delight thing, just speaking of like things that are hard or even mundane, I actually thought about it. I was like, instead of like, I don't know. I think I just shifted my perspective a little bit of like, first of all, I actually don't have, like, I have control over certain things where it's like, I can create a nice environment for him to sleep. I can, you know, there's certain things that are within my control, but then whether he sleeps or not is like out of my control. So I had to like, talk myself through that. But then like choosing to be then present with like Emmett when I was going to be like, it was like, if I was going to read books and then, then just like really being present instead of like having one ear like listening. Cause I felt like I had almost worked myself up into being tense. I was like, I'm just going to find delight. Like this is my life right now. So I'm going to find delight in this. And it's interesting. Cause like, honestly, he actually almost always falls asleep. So number one, it was like, I'm going to just take myself out of worrying about this. And like find delight in the moment now, even though there is like 
stuff that I could be worrying about. It was like, but I'm here now and I'm with my four-year-old who is so cute and I'm loving this. I don't know. Like I loved that. Like I love that even when they're like, so if you notice that there are things throughout your day that it's like, Ooh, this maybe is causing me stress or strife or tension or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. It was almost like realizing that there is so much delight in life. It almost like helped me. I don't know. It like helped me take myself out of that tenseness of like, what can I see that's delightful? Even though sometimes this tends to like work me up. So that was actually something that I really loved. And something that speaking of quotes, I love this quote from Ross Gay from the book of delights. And he says the delight means out from light. And I love that it shares that like the etymological, am I saying that etymological root is delicious and delectable. I like love that. Like, cause it is kind of, it's just, yeah, it is. And so I love that. Like, and I think anyway, so I like, I love that. I love that. Like when we feel it, we can feel those things. And one other thing that I wanted, sorry, one other thing that when you were talking, giving that quote about that guy who was just in line with like in the grocery store, I was thinking like, I have felt this before, just even on the road. Like, I don't know, like when I'm driving and I even like let somebody come into the lane or like do something like that. And like you, if you've ever like made eye contact with that person or like they wave at you or you wave back and there's like a connection between you for a second. It's like people that I will probably never meet, don't know who they are. They're going and like in my mind, I'm like, it's so interesting that like they have this life that I will never know. And I have my life that I'm going to, but like, we just had a moment of like humanity together where it was like, Hey, like I let you in or like they let me in or whatever it is. Like I actually have like found delight in those where it's like, Hmm, we just connected. Like there was a connection there and I love that. Like it was kind of like a delightful feeling. So that was actually another one that I feel like I've noticed on the road. I think there could be so much, so many reasons to feel undelighted on the road. But when you look for it, there's actually so many cool ways to just connect with people. There's also something really cool about connecting with people that it's like, you don't really even know them, but you can have like a moment of good, positive connection. It like gave me a burst of endorphins. So anyway, that was actually another yeah. form of delight that I feel like I have felt and I really have paid attention to it and I really love it. I need to find some delight in driving in the car <laughs> with my children. Yeah. My, my route right now is crank the music up really loud. So even if they are crying, I can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I got to my delight. Okay. I love that. I feel like we had so many fun examples and, um, what an easy, easy episode to say. Let's find the magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>